Uh, I went as a senior and I highly recommend if there are any teenagers listening to this, which I doubt there are, to not take a date. Oh, interesting. It was, That's it was, a hot take. It was, it was a hot take and I didn't expect it, but I got to dance with a whole lot of other people not having a date. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to the Teen Life Podcast, where we believe that teenagers are not a problem to be solved. We are here to help you equip teenagers through the power of connection. Hey guys, I'm Chris Roby. And I'm Carly Duke. And I'm glad you're with us today. Carly, I don't know about you, but within this last year, there have been times where it feels a little lonely. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, and even if you are um, you are talking to people, uh, and it's a lot different. Obviously, we are in kind of a strange time, kind of coming out of a pandemic, but there are just times in life where you're just not feeling like you are making the best connections. Mm -hmm. And I, I know uh, even around the Teen Life office, we've uh, even this last week, we talked about how how much different it is for a teenager to actually connect with people, how it's different than when you and I were teenagers, that the the world is quite a bit different and interactions can be a little bit more awkward a little more forced. And uh, sometimes it's just really hard for a teenager to, to connect. Right. But that connection is so, so important. And I think we've said this, but we will talk about connection a lot in this podcast mm -hmm. because the work we do with support groups, we just see the importance and it's often linked to how valued a teenager feels and um, mm -hmm. how connected they are. And they feel like they're not alone. They feel like they're not the only one going through something. But when there's connection there, they have somewhere to go. They have someone to ask for for help. And so today we're really going to dive in to connection and the importance of that. Yeah. And if you don't really believe this is important, think about your life in times where you really felt off mm -hmm. and maybe you didn't feel like uh, things were clicking the way they were. But and if you were able to step back in that moment, you would realize, man, my relationships are, are not maybe quite what they used to be. I'm having a hard time connecting with people of my own age. <laughs> I know when you have, uh, if you're a parent of little kids, I can feel that way. Uh, any, anytime you have something really all consuming, when, you, when you're not really connecting with people, the rest of life will not um, feel as put together, I don't believe. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think we're seeing right now a real decline in mental health for teenagers. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of reasons for that. You could point to a lot of things for that. But I think one of the biggest deals is a loss of connection. Mm -hmm. We don't only want to talk about COVID and pandemic mm -hmm. in this podcast, but at the same time, that's something real that's happened to teenagers. Some are still learning virtually and they're still not in person with their teachers and their friends. And even those who are, lost so much connection and lost so much ground because there was a significant time where they were not connecting to people outside of their home. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think we're seeing, starting to see the results of that, of that loss of connection is taking a real toll on teenagers and their mental health. And I think it's been really sold to a lot of people, especially teenage uh, students, that uh, social media equals social connection. Anytime that you take a, an element of connection out, um, like physical presence, uh, where you can see mannerisms, you can pick up on verbal cues, physical cues from the other person. You've really eliminated a, an avenue of connection. And obviously, during COVID times, there are sensible limits to that. But even before then, teenagers were more and more and more uh, connecting online and not in person. But teenagers would report that they are lonelier mm -hmm. than ever. And I think it's also important to discuss when we think of teenagers and connection, a lot of times you think of friends, mm -hmm. but adults are so, so important to mm -hmm. teenagers. And I think the more time I spend on school campuses with students, the more I realize how few students have a strong adult connection. 
Mm-hmm. A lot of times they might be able to list a parent, but sometimes students don't even have that. But outside of that, students don't always feel like they have an adult who isn't family that they can go to for help. Mm-hmm. Um, and that adult connection is so, so important because when peers are going to peers, there's a lot that can be lost there mm-hmm. or there's some bad advice that can take place there um, instead of going to a trusted adult. And that can make a big difference. And if you don't hear us clearly on this, um, there's a narrative out there that teenagers do not want to be mm-hmm. around adults. And uh, teen life, we have uh, found that to be patently false. Right. That is a, that's a myth that's perpetuated by just a, um, I mean, it could be a lot of things. Obviously, maybe it's adults who don't want to do the work to connect with teenagers, don't know how to, or that's just kind of the common narrative around teenagers and adults is that there just comes a point where the two don't mix. Teenagers will slip off in their own world. Adults will slip on in their own world and we'll just be none, none, none the worse for it. But we believe that uh, for every teenager, sometimes they're one really good adult away from things being a whole lot better. And we want you uh, to be that adult. And we really believe strongly in your role as a helper in building those connections. And, and we want to talk about some of the ways that we, we can do that as, uh, as helpers to teenagers. Right. And I think the first thing to address, though, is how can you be a trusted adult? Mm-hmm. Before we kind of, t- we also want to talk about how you can help teenagers seek adult connection. But are you consistent? Mm-hmm. If they tell you something, are you trustworthy with that information? Mm-hmm. Are you going to use that against them? Or are you going to go tell other people outside of who needs to know that information? Are you being respectful and giving them respect back? I hear that all the time in my groups that when students don't feel like they can trust an adult or don't feel close to an adult, it's because they say they don't respect me. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times as adults, we can say, well, you've got to earn that respect. But at the same time, teenagers are looking for that. And if you can respect and go both ways, if I'm going to respect your time and I expect you to respect me mm-hmm. and my time, mm-hmm. that relationship can go so much better. Well, I think that's that what you said speaks to the power imbalance that happens between adults and teenagers and how lopsided that has tra- traditionally been mm-hmm. in, in, in public schools, private schools, just in school in general. That's all a very lopsided power balance. Right. Um, it is the adults setting the agenda. And this is how we want these things to go. And there's a whole lot of things we can go into with that, which we don't have time to today. But uh, I'm a firm believer in where you can, even that, even out that power balance, the better chance you're going to have in connecting with that student. So finding, finding small practical ways you can give that power back in a way we do it through our groups. A great example of that is when we set our group expectations, me as the adult, I don't set those expectations. Mm -hmm. I ask that group of students. What do you want? Mm-hmm. How is it that you see this going best? And it's a bit of a shocker to them initially of like, oh, I get to, we just started this thing and I get some choice here. Especially kids from hard places who've had very little agency were able to give that back and little, and little pieces can be really, really powerful. Right. But I also think it's important to note, if you are a parent listening to this podcast, that positive adult connection doesn't just have to be a parent. And mm-hmm. if you are a parent, hear us encourage you to seek other adults to be in their life. Mm -hmm. Because honestly, sometimes there are things that I didn't want to tell my parents, Mm -hmm. but I did feel comfortable going to someone else. And so as a parent or any adult, if you can make sure that they have five adult touch points, Mm -hmm. then that is five times that they could potentially go talk to a trusted adult instead of seeking someone else that's not trusted. Mm -hmm. So you have to be intentional about that. That Mm -hmm. doesn't just mean expecting a teenager to do that. But maybe you ask the teen, if you needed to go to someone for help, who would you go to? Mm-hmm. I think as a parent, that's also puts a, 
a little bit more pressure on you to make sure you have good people in your life. Right. Ouch, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that that means uh, being mindful of your relationships and that your student sees you in those relationships that, that this this is an important person um, that even if you don't explicitly have that conversation, your student knows because well, mom or dad uh, trust this person. I can trust them as well. Mm-hmm. And so really being mindful of your own relationships and being able to model that to your student on how important that is. And I think, you know, asking your student, who is it? That is, mm-hmm. who, who do you trust? Even if it's not in your, as the parent friend group, who is it in your life that you actually do have some faith and some trust in that, like, if mom and dad weren't around, who would you go to, you know, and just be able to have them verbalize that and point that out because that helps you know, okay, this is, this might be someone I need to get them around more or encourage that relationship. Or if they struggle uh, to figure out who that is, and then that's another cue that maybe we need to put a little bit of work into that. Right. Like I said, being intentional, but also making sure that you give that relationship space. Mm-hmm. Like I said, my parents were intentional. We talked a lot about who I would go to, that it was okay for me to talk to someone else outside of my parents. But I also knew they weren't going to then go to that trusted adult and say, okay, tell me what she said, mm-hmm. because they trusted that adult mm-hmm. to handle it in a way that they felt would be appropriate. So find someone that you trust, but most importantly, find someone that your student trusts. You can't force that relationship or they'll never go talk to them. Hey guys, I just wanted to drop in real quick to tell you about an exciting opportunity coming up, which is the first ever Teen Life Summit. This is going to be a virtual conference on May 11th and 12th, and you can go ahead and get your tickets now. So if you go to teenlife.ngo slash summit, you can find that. You can also use a special code, which is teenlife10, like all in word, teenlife10, and you'll get $10 off of your ticket. So this is something you won't want to miss. If you can't watch it May 11th and 12th, you'll get access to this material moving forward. But we're going to cover things like empathy. And Dr. Michelle Borba is going to be our keynote speaker for that. Go find her book, Thrivers. Look her up on Instagram or Twitter to see her work. She's incredible. We're also going to be talking through grief, anxiety. We're going to be talking about how to equip teenagers through trauma and what trauma care looks like. So basically, this has been a crazy year. I think everyone can agree that over the last year, teenagers have been through a lot. And so this whole conference is about how do we build resilience in teenagers? How do we encourage them? How do we equip them moving forward? Everything will leave you with practical tools. And we promise this is a conference you won't want to miss. So once again, go to teenlife.ngo slash summit to register today. So... Let's get into the trend for this week. All right. Chris, we are coming up on prom season. Man, that's my favorite t- favorite time of year when I was a high schooler. You love the dresses. Oh, and... yeah. I lived for prom. It was just the best. I don't <laughs> think I did. <laughs> did you go to prom? Uh, I went as a senior, and I highly recommend, if there are any teenagers listening to this, which I doubt there are, to not take a date. Oh, interesting. It was, that's it was, a hot take. It, it, it was a hot take, and I didn't expect it, but I got to dance with a whole lot of other people. Not having a date. <laughs> and so it was just, it was one of the, like, like me being insecure, Chris, at high school or not knowing how to ask a girl out really paid off. Nice. It was great. Yeah. Man, that is some hot takes from Chris Roby today. Yeah. Yeah. But as we get into prom season, prom might look different depending on where you live, mm-hmm. your school. But we did want to make sure that we took some time to acknowledge this. Promposals are very much still a thing. You have something, you have something to teach me now. I taught you about not 
asking for a day, you teach me about promposals. This is whole. This is all new to You've me. You've never even heard of promposals? I have an idea just based upon the name, but there you go. Yeah. So basically, prom has become a thing. This start when I was in high school. This was kind of a thing, but it wasn't big. Mm-hmm. But the way that you ask someone to prom can be extravagant. It can be a whole scene. A lot of times, it is filmed and put on social media. Wow. And it can take many different forms. Sometimes it's just cute, but a lot of times it could be like a proposal. Wow. The boys plan ahead. They get friends involved. They get family involved. And it's a whole thing. And you want a good promposal story, at least the girls do. Okay. Prom is big. It starts with the promposals. And honestly, depending on when prom is, that has probably already happened by the time that you're listening to this. Mm -hmm. But like you said, there are a lot of people who go without dates. Um, And so just because a student doesn't have a date doesn't mean that they can't go to prom with friends and have fun. But we also wanted to talk through some questions to ask so that you can keep your teenager safe. Yeah. So being open and honest and asking them, you know, well, first of all, who are you going with? (laughs) If if so, obviously, I always said no one (laughs) uh, when I was a kid. But yeah, who um, I mean, I I I take that back. I didn't have a date, but we I had a friend group that I I went with and and I'm pretty sure we rented a limo and all that kind of stuff. That's what I remember. Um, but yeah, are you going with a group of friends? Do you as a parent know those friends? Mm-hmm. Are these kids that you would trust your kid with during a a, a pretty significant night of freedom for, right. for a high schooler? Um, or who is the date? What kind of promposal or what it looks like? <laughs> but yeah, so that so knowing who are gonna be who's gonna be around as they make these these decisions and um, how they choose their time use their time that on that evening. Right. And then asking what their plans are. Maybe they just plan to go to prom and whatever the school has planned. But a lot of kids do after parties. A lot of kids do stuff afterwards as well. And so you want to know that ahead of time. You also want to know that your teenager has a plan because, I don't know, we're just going to see what happens. Isn't probably a great answer. Mm-hmm. Um, that leaves way more room to get into trouble to say yes to things that they wouldn't usually say yes to. Um, and so ask about their plans, but also encourage them to have a plan if mm-hmm. they don't. Mm-hmm. And with that plan, um, asking, what are you going to do if you get into a situation that you don't want to be in? Mm-hmm. Right? What's the plan there? And so obviously you can't game plan every scenario, but you can at least help the student understand it's going to be important that you know, you know, what are you going to do if this happens or you want to appear or whatever that looks like. It helps them know that, you know, that prom can be a blast, but like all things with teenagers and late nights, things can go wrong. Right. And so we want to encourage you to have that conversation with your student ahead of time and set up some sort of code word, code text. Maybe it's, Hey, if you text me a smiley face emoji or a heart emoji, I know that you need me to call you or that we need to figure something out. Mm -hmm. If you're the parent don't be afraid to be the bad guy in that. Mm-hmm. If your student is in a situation that they don't want to be in, instead of saying, you better get yourself out of that, say, use me as an excuse. Mm-hmm. Do I need to call you and say something happened at home and it's an emergency and you need to get home right now? Mm-hmm. Do that. Do you need to say, hey, my mom is being just a real jerk about this and she's making me go home. She's mm-hmm. mad. Be that. Right. And it's okay for you to take that on so that your student can be safe but also making sure that you are a safe place where, hey, I want you to tell me about that instead of keeping it to yourself and getting in trouble later. Yeah, and if if it seems like it's a really horrifying thing to think about your parents picking you up from a party, maybe you just tell me, I'll send send an Uber and they don't don't have to know who's picking you up. 
and they'll bring you straight home, um, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like. There's there's great technology to help you out there. And I think, too, like like a lot of things with teenagers, helping them contextualize a little bit to kind of hold in some kind of tension that prom is a big night. And it's uh, it's something that, I mean, we as adults went through and have memories of and was a rite of passage in some ways, a celebration of a successful school year. I mean, especially this particular year, however it looks, is going to be a mile marker of kind of coming out of a harder time with with Mm -hmm. the pandemic, but also helping them understand it's one night. Right. Right. So while there's all this buildup and all this anticipation, it is still one night. The sun's going to come up tomorrow and life will go on. Mm -hmm. And so helping them understand, do you want to make decisions that are going to affect the rest of your life based on one night? Or let's just try to find out a way to to have a plan that you're going to have a great memorable memorable night that you're not going to regret five years from now, right? And so having those conversations with your student to contextualize, um, I think is a really positive thing and it helps them understand the weight of those moments, but also that those are fleeting moments too. So now let's get into our last part, which is our tip. And this week, we really want to spend some time talking about what to say to your teenager when you're not really sure what to say, Mm -hmm. but you also want to keep that connection open. Gotcha. I saw recently on Instagram a post by at Wholehearted School Counseling, and we'll link this in our show notes if you go to teenlifepodcast.com. But they put out six questions or really more statements. If you're talking to your teenager and aren't sure what to say, here are some ideas for what you can say to leave that door open to connection. Okay. Yeah. So let's start with, uh, I'm here to support you no matter what. Let's figure out a solution. I love that idea that where you, as a parent, you are posturing yourself more as a help. You're posturing yourself as a helper, which is what you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and we've, I believe we've mentioned this on the podcast in a, in a previous iteration, but this idea as a parent or a helper of a student at this point, you're not here to be their friend. You're here to be their coach, right? And so you have this opportunity to be a guide. Um, a coach, a helping them figure out the solution because you know we're we're launching rockets here. Like we're 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 we're, get, we're helping our kids launch out into the world, mm-hmm. and so the more you're able to include them on the process of decision making, of problem solving, where you're not fixing it, you're not doing everything for them, you're not tying their shoes every day, kind of thing. The more they're able to make those good decisions uh, independently of you as the helper, and so them knowing I'm here to support, I'm not here to fix or mm-hmm. do this for you like the ultimately you have to figure this out really makes some strong connections that you maybe wouldn't have anticipated right and so the next one is this is really hard right now but we can do hard things mm. um, and what i love about this one too and you saw this in the last statement but using the word we or let's like let us do this you're using very inclusive language of you're not alone mm. Um, while I'm not going to tell you what to do, we are in this together and we're going to figure this out. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're not alone in this. And so that reiterating that connection of I'm not leaving you, I'm not going to go off without you, but I'm here to help you and I'm here to sit with you in this means a lot. And sometimes just like you said, instead of fixing it, just acknowledging this is really hard. Mm-hmm. What you're going through is really difficult. And I'm really sorry about that. When you go through difficult things, uh, it can feel very lonely, mm-hmm. even if you're in a relationship with people. And so asking a question, you know, when they're doing hard things is, can you help me understand this better? I'm listening. I love that idea that you are, you are presenting yourself as someone who maybe you have a good idea what's going on, but 
posturing yourself where they can ask you the questions mm-hmm. and I can help my parent understand this thing better that I feel like I am alone in. So just help me understand. And I know, I know like in my marriage, like times where I'm frustrated or kind of up to here with my wife is able to come in and say, help me understand. I want to help is so disarming, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyone who's able to come in and say, you know, I, I, I get that this is really difficult and I want to be here with you in this, you know, she's not offered to fix it or any of that kind of stuff. But um, knowing that there's someone else with it, with me on this is huge. Right. But sometimes you will talk to teenagers and they might disagree about something that is a boundary that's not going to change. Mm-hmm. And so also being able to say like, this boundary is not negotiable, but I still want to hear why you disagree. Hmm. So I'm not going to change my mind on this, but I still want to open up conversation and let's talk about this because maybe there is something that you could explain that would make that maybe easier or that would also help them understand. So instead of just dismissing of, nope, this is how it is. We're not going to talk about this anymore. Still open up that conversation, but you can also still say, we're not changing that. Well, but I'd also say too, that um, allowing that boundary to come under some scrutiny Mm -hmm. is probably pretty healthy too, right? I mean, it it lets you know, hey, I got this right. Or man, maybe I need to reevaluate this, Mm -hmm. right? Because I can think of times back when I was a kid where my parents had a hard boundary that was kind of (laughs) dated. Like, you know, once I pushed back on that boundary, they realized, oh, we we need to we need to update our priors on this. It doesn't always happen as a parent, but I think it does if you are if you come about your boundaries with some humility and say, Let me explain why this is the case. And if the teenager pokes a hole in it, it's not not a bad thing. But that conversation is is open. We recognize this is why this is in place. And so that's a really big deal. Along those lines about mistakes helping them understand if if a mistake was made that we all make them, even Mm -hmm. your parents, even the people that you hold on the highest esteem are very flawed right? (laughs) and rarely get it exactly right. And so um, let's take a breather and let's brainstorm what to do next. Right. I think that idea of giving them space to step away So even when you're ready to talk, I'm here. Mm -hmm. Don't make them talk about something if they're not ready, but giving them space for, I'm still going to be here in an hour or in a day or in two weeks that we can come back and talk about this and letting them know, like, you don't, if you aren't ready to talk about it right now, it's okay. I will be here when you're ready. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple kind of, kind of closing thoughts on this. Use these, uh, these statements as an invitation to disagree in a safe way. That teaches them how um, you're not always going to agree with people, but there's a relationship that is anchoring all of this. And so it teaches them in that safety that they can disagree and be okay. Right. And like we said, use those we inclusive pronouns. Make sure that they know that you're there with them no matter what. And then as we said, invite them to be part of the solution. Don't just tell them what to do, but invite them. What can we do about this? Let's brainstorm some ways to make this better. And Finally, give the students some space to think about it and to come back. A lot of times we feel this urgency to solve the problem and we got to get this done now, but sometimes we need some some space to think about it. And the last thing I would throw in just as uh, one of the most revolutionary things I've learned as a parent is if you need to apologize, apologize. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a, that's a much more powerful thing than any of us can ever realize as, as we, as adults, if we don't live up to that mark to be able to say, I blew it. And I'm Mm -hmm. sorry. I I found that to be one of the most endearing things I've ever known as a parent is for my kid to know 
I'm not perfect. Um, and it, it helps them under, build that relationship and be able to go back to all these things we talked about uh, where you can have those conversations in a, in a trustworthy way. Right. And so this week, we hope that you use connection to further your relationships and also to empower teenagers. All right, that's a wrap on this one. Thank you so much for listening. A special thanks to Carly Duke and to Kelly Fan for producing this podcast. Also to Luke Cabrera for our awesome podcast music. If you want to know more about Luke and his music, check out his contact info in the description. Well, this podcast is for the helpers, and we really hope you feel helped. If there's something we haven't talked about or a topic that you're really interested in, email us at podcast at teenlife.ngo, and we will do our best to get to that topic. We will see you next week.